All right. Uh, gotta straighten my back for this one. Hawk <laughs> Patui. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your genius tactician and ya boy, Soup. <laughs> and I'm your party hard up and coming talent, Renu. <laughs> this week, AT stands for Absolute Territory because we'll be sampling the spring 2022 season. But before ah. we get into that, what have you been up to? Nothing. We recorded Nothing. so soon, like like just a week ago. Uh, yes. From our last episode and... Nothing has happened. Absolutely nothing. I just existed <laughs> that is, for a week. <laughs> that is very true. Um, the podcast was has is in that current area where um, we are recording like once once every week and posting an episode like once every week. <laughs> yeah. So, Plus, it's the sampler, yeah. so it's like a it's like a half episode. So we don't. It's need like to yeah, get right. Into it. We don't need to get into it too much. It's it's not like a major <laughs> life update, right? That's gonna yeah. be the next episode when That'll we spend half. <laughs> We said half Big the episode talking about time. all the stuff that happened and all that, all that crap. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. I don't even remember what we talked about uh, a week ago. So <laughs> we also, to be fair, also talked quite a bit on Saturday uh, when we were doing Ace Attorney when I showed up like uh, yes. a couple hours late. Um, <laughs> That was that was a good one. I wasn't I wasn't sure how that stream would go to be honest because I was so, just so tired. I was like uh-huh. ready to go to bed, but it actually <laughs> ended up being super super fun um, yeah. and uh, surprisingly it. high energy for how <laughs> out all day I was, you know. <laughs> but yeah, um, cool. So this week, uh, I say this week, um, this episode will be talking about the spring 2022 season, which um, has been quite interesting. There's a lot of stuff coming out this season. We're back on that that, like pace that has been uh, pretty prevalent in the last like two years or so. We're like, there's just like a ton of shit every season. um, Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. (laughs) I want to go back to when there was like two good shows, you know? (laughs) <laughs> no it's like, longer are those days it's like here. you get to, right it's like you get to watch like two good shows and then after that it's like dealer's choice and you can just like pursue whatever you want and i think that's i think that's kind of grand not gonna lie um <laughs> but yeah shall we shall we get into it let's not dilly dally uh too much yeah get out okay so <laughs> first up is kaguya sama wa kok- uh, koku rasetai uh ultra romantic so this is this, this is the third season of um kaguya sama and it is more bonkers than ever before, which is really saying quite a lot. Um, <laughs> we've talked a couple of times in the last couple um, ep- like seasonal episodes, um, specifically when Kaguya has been airing, that they make it so visually interesting to watch 
um, especially after the the first season. The second season is like it really ramps it up. Well, the third season is that, but it feels like they've really like come into their own with it, right? It mm. feels more pointed and more purposeful than ever before, right? So, yeah, that's pretty pretty good. We'll be watching this, uh, so you know, <laughs> uh, we won't talk about it too much here because yeah you plus know. it's a sequel or like a continuation yeah it's, rather, it's, it's a sequel say. you know a lot of yeah. the stuff that, we, that you say about the first you know um season of something is going to probably apply to the second unless it's a quite a drastic case like you know promise neverland season two. <laughs> yeah this one didn't hard left just yet <laughs> right this one this one has been giving us exactly what we asked for in fact it's given uh-huh. it's been giving us more which i'm, more. I'm pretty thankful yes. about <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah, keep that one, keep that Ooh. one uh, in mind on the burner. Mm-hmm. Um, Spy X Family, which uh, we are also going to continue watching because it is super cute, is very hype, animations very good, and the internet is on fire because they love this anime, <laughs> as they should. Right, you. I feel like you get a general gauge for how popular uh, an anime is in its given season, um, depending on how much fan art you see of it. And I have seen a lot of fan art. Um, the memes of this show have been chef's kiss. <laughs> they've been really good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it is the thing. Okay, so the thing about Spy X Family, right, is if you don't know, it is a uh, pretend family, pretend marriage setup where one person is a spy and he needs to get married to do um he needs to get married and um have a kid who he adopts um go to this school so that he can in, uh, so that he can infiltrate the inner circle of a prominent political figure right and uh the person he meets to be uh, his child is a psychic right she's an escaped um child experiment who is psychic and she can read people's minds and the person that he finds as his fake wife is an assassin. So she needs a cover to, like, continue killing people because it's, it's pretty sussy if you're not married, you know, at a certain age, right? It's very much set in this, like, um, kind of, like, uh, East-West Germany um, sort of era. This, that's the vibe it's going for, this, like, kind of Cold War... Um, like uh, spy antics kind of thing because that's that's when like spy stuff was like really popular right mm-hmm. um and it's pretty fun it's pretty cute it is very very lovely because it's like a, a found family coming together and like learning how to be each other's <laughs> families and relying on each other and mm-hmm. um like i think it goes without saying that like the fake married trope is like super popular so if you're into that like this is absolutely for you <laughs> yep and it's funny and it, it's well animated and it's yes. like I actually kind of hype at some points it's like pretty epic sometimes you know yeah it is it manages to combine the wholesome family found family dynamics with a spy thriller which is crazy but it's fun <laughs> yeah it, it is a really good adaptation of a really good source material um i've i've been reading the manga pretty much since it's been serialized and hmm Chef's kiss. It's so good. It's so good. I can't <laughs> okay. Uh, Shigimori is not just a cutie, which is a um, it is a pretty sharp adaptation of a gag manga. Um, the central premise of which is that you have this boy and he is very unlucky and bad things happen to him all the time. But his girlfriend 
is really cool and strong, and she protects him from all of the bad stuff that happens. Uh, and she's like this character who's like, um, you know, she's got like pink hair and like she's meant to be kind of cute, but like there's moments, and this is the kind of the central gag of um of the series is that um she has these moments where she looks like just like unimaginably cool. <laughs> Like, she has that kind of, like, uh, I can kill you with my eyes vibe. And yes. um, it's the kind of thing that you can tell was made for, like, exactly one, like, per like, okay, I'm sure that the mangaka made this with exactly one person in mind, and that person was the mangaka, right? Like, <laughs> this is something that you make because this is what you like, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I have to admit, I kind of love that, like, self-indulgence in, in creative media. Um, I, I, I wonder if they imagined it would be as popular as it is now. Um, I love it because you just never, yeah, you never know how popular it'll be because you never know who's into the same thing. <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean, I'll I'll tell you like straight up, I love I love this, you know. Uh, <laughs> I like I I love cool women. Uh, there's yep, well yep. There's <laughs> not not a lot more you gotta say Be about it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> You know where I'm at. You know what my tastes are. If you've been listening to the podcast and you're surprised by this, I don't know if you've been listening very closely. Um, but yeah, so it is a it's a gag manga with a central gag, and uh, if that central gag appeals to you, then I think you'll like it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to Aharon San is indecipherable, which uh, is another kind of comedy manga adaptation that is actually pretty charming and funny <laughs> i i wasn't sure what to expect i, I thought i would be bored watching this the show i also honest. had that feeling right but it was actually like i was laughing along with all the jokes <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i think um i don't know i don't know what it is um but they it's just like i think it is um they deliver the jokes really well mm-hmm. and because like at the end of the day right the the central gag is that um Aharen-san is, um, she's just kind of, like, weird and quiet, um, and those things are not, like, really related to each other. Like, she's kind of an oddball to begin with, and then also, um, she speaks so quietly that most people can't hear her, um, Mm -hmm. but then you got this boya who can, who's like, I've never had friends before, (laughs) right? (laughs) So, they become friends, and, uh, that's, that's kind of the gag, is that it's just they get up to a bunch of hijinks, and... It's honestly pretty cute, I gotta say. Yeah, I, I'm, i like, a little worried that they'll go, like, the weird kind of, like, moe route uh, mm-hmm. about it because she's so tiny and he's, like, a big dude. But thankfully, it hasn't, at least in my opinion, like, strayed into that territory just yet. Like, like it's kind of yeah, skirting yeah, yeah. the line a little bit, but not, like, at least up to where we've watched, he hasn't like developed feelings for her or like fetishized her in any way. He just kind of wants to be her homie. So right, right. He just he just wants to be homies. It yeah. feels uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, Tanaka San is always listless. Mm. Uh, it's very similar vibe wise, I would say. Um, and that mm. show was also really good. So mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like uh, slice of life comedy manga, like this is this is a pretty good one. This is a pretty good mm-hmm. one. Yeah. They're very charming. Um. Yeah. I, I've been enjoying it so far. Okay. 
All right, next, uh, Skeleton Knight in Another World. Um, we didn't watch this. I have read the manga for this, and I totally forgot about this until people uh, brought this up in relation to it. Um, so Skeleton Knight in Another World is a is an isekai uh, series about a guy who reincarnates into his um, MMO avatar, who is a skeleton, right? Mm. And so it's just like about him trying to not be a skeleton anymore, sort of. Right? Like, that's the setup, because he's like, oh, God, people think it's really weird if I'm a skeleton, so, like, uh, I gotta, um, you know, I gotta unskeleton, or that's the setting he goes with. He's like, I'm on a journey to unskeleton myself, right? Um, And as far as Isekai goes, it's, like, pretty standard fare, I would say. It's not, like, so far on on the scale of, like, Ah, power fantasy. I'm the most powerful. Look at all my slaves or whatever, right? It's not that kind right. of show. Um, mm. It's a lot more just about like vibing in the isekai world, which is like nice. But also, and this is this is the this is the kicker, right? Is that it starts with a very graphic sexual assault scene, which is just <laughs> extremely upsetting. And like, I wish it wasn't there. And it doesn't do anything for no! the entire like it doesn't do anything I for the show it. it's just there because like <laughs> i don't know medieval it's fantasy even more insulting yeah that it's Medi- like medieval <laughs> fantasy and sexual so i get just like it's so unnecessary like it really truly is that's like a that's the kind of thing that you incorporate because it's not only a central part of your story it's like your story isn't there without it you know that kind of thing like that's yeah yeah like the thing about it is i is that i don't think it's impossible to tackle a subject like sexual assault um sensitively and meaningfully and in uh, productive ways but like i just a lot of the times it's just it just feels so like unnecessary and gratuitous and like yeah the thing is that sexual assault is one of those like it's one of those things where it is so real and upsetting and pointed and triggering to the point where if your media has a sexual assault scene, it becomes about that sexual assault scene. So, like, mm-hmm. even if you're like, but I'm I'm doing it so that I can show you that my villain is the bad guy. It's like, well, okay. Like, there are other ways to do it that don't suck, you know? <laughs> right? It's like, because even if you were trying to do that, it's such a, like, it's such a, um, it takes all the air out of the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's so unnecessary and it's actually like detrimental to your story because your story isn't about a bad guy anymore. It's about sexual assault. Right. And it's like, exactly. It's just one of those topics that like takes up all of the, all of the available real estate, which is like why it it shouldn't be in your thing. If it's not supposed to be there, if it's not necessary to be there. Correct. Right. It's not a thing that you just, you just slip in there like, Ooh, (laughs) oops. Oops. (laughs) <laughs> Oops, all it's all sexual assault. This, like, this no. will just enhance the story. Stop. Like it, it's yeah. just a little little it, spice. Like, <laughs> no part no part about it actually tends to enhance a story unless that story is about sexual assault. Right. right. Like maybe something out there exists, but like I sincerely doubt it, right? I've mm. never seen anything handle it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially not an anime. Good good fucking god. Alright. Well, um so that aside, um, if that is not an issue for you and you like, uh, you know, isekai stuff, it's not the worst one, I would say. It's pretty entertaining otherwise. Mm. I just like, don't know why that scene is is there. Uh. Um, <laughs> okay, let's move on to Summertime Render, which um, we thought was really interesting from the trailer, but um, 
and this is a new problem, and pro and pr this might actually be a, a problem that balloons in the future. Um, we can't watch this show because it's it's only licensed for Disney Plus in Japan. What? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> so, so this show isn't like like it's this show is like only licensed for viewing um on the Japanese uh, like region of Disney Plus. But Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. But then, but then, is it even subbed? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, and if I had to guess, I would say probably not. Right. So there's just, like, no legal way to watch this if you're in the States. I mean, all that being said, um, given the current landscape of the anime um, streaming market, <laughs> I would say... It is not out of the question if an episode of this or any anime you've been wanting to watch just kind of falls off the back of a truck and into your lap. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say that that would not be a, a huge problem. Um, like, okay. And I know we, we had an entire episode about piracy, right? And the thing is that <laughs> people, will, people generally tend to not pirate things if like watching them legally isn't a like a huge pain in the ass, right? So like if if it was legally streamable, we would have watched it, but we didn't. Could we have pirated it? Yes, but it's also kind of a pain in the ass, you know? <laughs> like yeah, especially if it's not subbed, in which case we wouldn't be able to, you know, catch everything, you know? Yeah, well somebody so probably somebody has fan subbed it by now, you know, you know people. Uh. That's true. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the weird new place where I was summertime render. Hopefully, they just sub it and re release it on actual Disney Plus, and then we yeah, can maybe watch it'll it. just take time. Um, but if if that becomes the new trend for Netflix, uh, or if, if that becomes the trend following off of the heels of Netflix, I would be really upset. Which is extremely <laughs> funny talking about that now, considering the absolute death spiral Netflix is in right now. Um, like they have pretty much completely given up all of their anime licenses. Um, they're like, we're not going to be looking at any more anime. And it's like, well, you probably shouldn't have been grabbing them to begin with if you weren't planning on releasing them weekly. I don't know what their financial model is doing right now, but well, it's going this is, somewhere. I mean, this is, this is the problem, right? This is the problem with, with capitalism is that it's not about making a profit. It's about making more profit than you did last time. And anything less than that is, uh, is a failure, right? Right, so right, right, right. The problem is that Netflix had a really good business model for, for getting people on board and using the service. Yeah. Right, yeah, they did, and exactly. it had a great player, and mm -hmm. um, it made a couple of missteps along the way. Like, for instance, um, removing the ability to screen cap. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, you can't actually screen cap Netflix. Um, oh, uh, shows uh, in, on 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 your PC. Um, it will show up as as like a blank thing, and you might see the subtitles or something. Um, I don't know how that Whoa. interacts with um with the um. The other uh, screen capping apps like Yazo, but in my experience, they I think I think they also don't really work. Um, they had some like they must have some proprietary like way of getting around it. Um, but that was awful because like people sh people sharing screen caps of your show is like a great way to get free advertising. It's like just shooting yourself in the foot for no reason. 
Well, the the reason is that they don't want people to steal parts of their show or whatever. It's kind of like when people, you know, steal it, like make clips and they right. regard it exactly. as stealing or whatever. You know, like right, it's but, the but same like, thing, but with a screenshot. But like the thing about that is, is it's just, just like demonstrably bad for business to yeah, not allow that because it it's very obvious that word of mouth is like the best thing to get people right. to watch your thing, especially. When you have like such a huge library and your content is constantly being swapped in and out, you want people to be talking about your shows as yeah. they're still on the platform so that they become aware of it. There's like probably hundreds, maybe thousands of shows on Netflix that I'm not aware of whatsoever that could probably be totally like my alley. Oh, yeah. But I don't know about them because we're not really, there's, there's not enough word of mouth. Yeah. And, and like the thing is that. Netflix ran into this problem that is so stupid. <laughs> it is like the dumbest problem to have. But for and and this is like this is the problem with capitalism, right? It's <laughs> the problem with capitalism is it's not about making profit. It's about making profit more than you did last time forever, right? It's about infinite forever. growth, yes, right, which exactly. is literally Infinitely. impossible yeah. because you yeah. you brush up against the literal bounds of reality, right? Mm-hmm. So the problem with Netflix was that everybody was subscribed to Netflix. They literally yeah. couldn't make more money unless they raised their prices, right? Yeah. And all that does is make people drop your service. So you exactly. actually start making less money. So exactly. Is, Netflix actually pretty much reached the like 99.99% completion of like the world in terms of who was subscribed to the service. And mm-hmm. as a result... There was nowhere else for them to go but to just sort of toilet tank themselves because investors are shit. And capitalism is garbage, right? (laughs) So, like, because, like, you know, publicly traded companies are beholden to their investors, they want to see more money than, than the last quarter, which is, at a certain point, literally impossible. And I see people talking about this and... This is my mistake, right? My mistake is that I still use, I still browse Reddit sometimes. Um, what an absolute cesspool of a website! Um, <laughs> but like, I've I've seen people on on that website just being like, you know what? It's really easy, actually. I have the solution here. It's like you can continue to grow forever if you just innovate. And it's like, no. What do you no, mean? No, you can't. <laughs> There is a physical limitation to the number of people that can be subscribed to your service because there is a cap on the amount of people that exist, right? And it's like, sometimes we have I'm to- I'm sure these, these people run multi-billion dollar companies. Oh, yes, of right? course. I'm sure, they're not, I'm sure they're not just working middling day jobs, eating Cheetos at night, typing on their keyboards. Just right? innovate. If it was a problem that could be solved with just anything, they would have done it already. They they want to make more money. <laughs> it's it's just like it's so inane. <laughs> like it's uh... such a it's such a like suffering from success problem, but also it shows you the limitations of of our of our current model of how we organize the world, right? It's like you can't mm. grow forever if your business model is you we just need more people to subscribe. There is a limit to the number of There's people out there. Yeah, right? like a, like as a, a one year old does not have a credit card. You can't include that person in in your list of like um in your metrics, right? So like Netflix pretty much capped out how many people they could get, 
And as a result, the investors were like, you got to make more money. And they're like, what the fuck do we do now? Right. Mm-hmm. And after that point, the only thing you can do is just start asking people for more money, whether it's through, you know, upping your fees or introducing like extra paid content, which is the dumbest shit ever. Also, I hate that so much. Right. Like the, the fact that like um, I think Disney Plus has this where like you you have to subscribe to Disney Plus and then that gives you the the um the privilege of paying to rent a movie. Right. I think that was the thing with Mulan. Right. You have to, you have to pay like thirty dollars to see it or something. Even though you were already subscribed to Disney Plus, no, <laughs> yeah. So, um, those are all awful options. They're all terrible. No. Sometimes you have to just be okay making the correct amount of money, right? Oh and if, it, alas, if we lived in that world, but we don't. So, um, oh here God, we are dude. in in watching a company do the dumbest donuts you've ever seen <laughs> straight into the toilet. Um. Okay. All right. So that rant aside, we did not watch Summertime Render. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the world of Otome games is tough for mobs, which is uh, the setup of it is that a uh, a man gets isekai into uh, the world of an Otome game that he reluctantly played for his sister. Um, and the world is basically like hilariously imbalanced it's a it's like a matriarchal sort of monarch society um but it's all over the place and that's like kind of on purpose the setting is all over the place on purpose it's this like fantasy like kind of grand blue fantasy like floating islands sort of uh thing except there are also mechs which to be fair grand blue fantasy also does have mechs um (laughs) and uh he just gets reincarnated into this world and he has to figure out how to not get married off to some um, person who will just abuse him for the rest of his life. And um, I think it's a fun twist on the isekai genre. The episode that we watched was kind of like, eh. I would say that the manga is fine. Um, it's pretty entertaining. It's pretty popular, too. So, like, that's probably why it got turned into an anime. The anime is, like, an okay adaptation. Uh, it's, it doesn't do anything special. But, you mm. know. I think it, it if you like kind of like if you want to watch like just like an isekai story with like slightly different orientation then um yeah I this is a pretty pretty decent one um there's okay. uh the main character is not like liked by everybody like um it's one of those shows where he's like everybody thinks he's an asshole and he's only slightly less of an <laughs> asshole to the people close to him right um but I think p- some people like that trope and you know like i I like that trope sometimes so if you like that trope then this is this is not a bad one not a bad one to watch um Mm. we probably will not be watching more of it to be honest but that's just because we're kind of pressed for time and i've already i've already watched it and nobody else really has any interest in uh all right let's talk about the dawn of the witch which um this is really funny because in the um trailer to watch, uh, I thought that this was a spin-off of Zero no Tsukaima. It is not. It is <laughs> it is a spin-off of a different series called Grimoire of Zero, which I've also heard of, but um you know, you can see why I might be a little confused about that. Um anyway, this anime was like <laughs> very it, this anime felt like a like a five out of ten, you know? Yeah, I, am, I wasn't super sold on it. I'm not generally, like, the kind of person who uses, like, a number scale to talk about uh, anime. Because I think at this point, most people have understood that it's really hard to just, like, get a sense of what an anime is like just from a number rating. 
Um, but this this just feels very very average. It feels very very not special in any particular way. It's like yeah, an like anime it, TM. Yeah, right, exactly. It kind of like checks the boxes of like here's here's waifu 1, here's waifu 2, here's main character, here's like there's a bunch of magical terms. <laughs> right, <laughs> Which I exactly. Find is, is is how it's like how a lazy anime does world building is it just throws yes, a bunch yeah. of foreign words at you. Well, this is you know? this is how any kind of like um middling fantasy does anything right all they do mm. is put capital capitalized normal words and they're just like <laughs> that makes it special right and like don't don't get me wrong i love middling fantasy i'm guilty of doing this too <laughs> but this is a professional production so i don't know you know <laughs> it's like it's kind of boring i was bored watching this i, I like, was tuned out too. and did something else honestly <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm sure this is someone's cup of tea. If you like Grimoire of sure. Zero, I don't even like. I I think if it if it was like if I had known about Grimoire of Zero, maybe I'd be interested. Or maybe if um it actually was a spinoff of Zero and Kaima, maybe it would have been more interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Actually, it would have uh. been pretty. Would have been pretty funny. Um. Oh, you know what? Actually, I will say I did like. I did like the lizard guy. Sure, I liked him as well. But that was the only it, thing I liked about the anime. Yeah, it felt like the one like like it's not even a, an original thing, but it felt like the most original thing about the show. Right. And it's like, I mean, at that point, maybe just go watch like Goblin Slayer. <laughs> like it honestly and and this is this is okay. This is one of those things, right? Um if you want a if you want an anime that is like just straight up D and D and you've already watched Record of Lodos War, watch Dun watch uh, watch Goblin Slayer. If you can get past the exploitative, gratuitous sexual assault stuff, um, wait, which is in very Gobli- tiring. Oh yeah, Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer. Right, Go- Goblin Slayer to... literally opens with that crap too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I was trying. I I, I forgot that it, that was the name of that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the it's which is such a shame because like the rest of the show is like pretty decent. Like it's actually just like straight up just D and D in. That's anime what I heard. Film. Yeah, and they roll dice um, and everything and whatever. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this one a pass. Mm. Let's talk about Love After World Domination, which we will be watching. So we probably won't talk about it too much. Um, this is cute. It is about a um Sentai hero, like a like a Power Ranger. Uh, yeah. and a <laughs> uh, a general from the evil army, uh, and they yeah. fall in love together. And uh, it's really cute. This premise is just so everything that, like, I'm interested in. <laughs> I know. This this premise is so charming. Like, it, just the idea of it is so cute. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, what, what, what do I even say about it? Like, it's... Well, it, uh, well so, like, the, the main Sentai, he's the red Sentai, obviously, and he's like just a meathead, right? He's just obsessed with working out. And then there's this like, and the girl that he's interested in, the evil villainous uh, lady, is a, like her reputation is being like kind of like almost like a dominatrix level of bad right, guy. Exactly. And all the minions like are like, Ooh, you know, that kind of thing. But they worship her. And that, but she's act, she's like she's a girly girl on the inside, and she just wants to have cute dates with her with her boy, and um. Uh, and she has a cat, uh, ish. 
ish. Um, who uh, is looking out for her and kind of like rooting for the couple as well because because uh, the cat likes seeing uh, his mistress happy. And um, yeah, the show overall is just really cute if you want something like just kind of like sweet and fluffy to, to watch. <laughs> we'll talk more about it once uh, once the season's over, but um, this show is really cute. And yeah. uh, it's a, it, it feels like a rom-com season, you know? Yeah. Kaguya mm-hmm. has Kaguya's returning and um mm-hmm. got all the other stuff going on. Okay. Well, uh why don't you tell me about um Ao Ashi? <laughs> it's a sports anime, did you know? <laughs> oh my god, sports anime. Wow, we're doing sports anime. Hmm. Weird combo. Uh, you know I love watching them while I draw. <laughs> um yeah, it's a soccer anime. What what do you what do you want from me? Um <laughs> Uh, it is, uh, it has a very typical setup, and at first I was gonna take a huge pass on it, but then as I start, as I was watching more of it, the more I realized I wasn't able to stop watching it because the family situation is rather similar to my own personal family, and I was oh, like, no. oh no. <laughs> the only difference is that it, it's similar to my family dynamic if you removed myself and my father out of the equation. <laughs> okay. So like the mom is like the hardworking, like kinda like kinda strict mom who like she she keeps her her most of her thoughts to herself, um, about like how stressed she is about like financially providing for the family. But she does every now and then kinda like confide a little bit in the in the oldest brother because he's at the age where he can work and also help her provide for the family as well and uh she the mom is at odds with the uh the younger son um there's two sons in this family and he is like a very rambunctious like outspoken athletic kid who loves soccer but the problem is is that he's fully aware of his family's financial situation and how much his mom had to work just to afford like a pair of cleats for him. And so he's like basically worn these cleats into the ground because, you know, he doesn't want to ask for his mom for anything. And he feels guilty about that kind of stuff. Um, But the way he plays soccer is like very, it's like a very selfish style of soccer because he's really good at it, but his teammates are all like kind of like middling or mediocre at it, you know? Um, no one's like nearly as passionate as him or as good at it as him. Um, and so uh, the he ends up kind of like getting this opportunity where he can, um, I guess, potentially get scouted by a really famous youth soccer team. Um, and so his brother ends up kind of like sneaking him his savings to help pay for his little brother to go to Tokyo to go audition, essentially, for this soccer team. And the mom didn't want to provide funds for this because, you know, she's against it. She doesn't want her son to leave. She also is like, we can't afford for you to live in Tokyo. You know, that's just way too much money. And so that's when the brother kind of stepped in, and he's, like, kind of, like, trying to smooth the relations between the little brother and the mom and you know just kind of like trying to support the little brother because he was the one who taught the little brother how to play soccer but he also understands the mom's situation you know she's trying to look out for how to provide for for everyone in the family that kind of thing and i was like that's a really nice like setup that you've got there 
because it's relatable to me. <laughs> <laughs> this this was an anime made with an audience of one in mind. Yes. And that audience was yes. Renu. I, I I don't I don't like the main character's personality, but I love the way they set up his background because it makes him tolerable. You know, he's not, he just he's such an obnoxious kid, but then you learn that oh he really likes his family and he gets into a fight with this punk who was like basically trying like literally like, like actually trying to say anything and anything he just everything he could to to get the main character to hit him so that uh he would get in trouble and get taken out of the match because the main character was the one um you know he's the star of the team or whatever in right, the, in their yeah. little middle school and um so the main character does end up hitting him but you find out later on that it's because the uh the punk was uh, basically making fun of the main character's mom because she has a night job. And he's saying, ooh, so she probably got, does that kind of thing for her night job, right? To, to oh, no. Kids are the yeah, worst. And so then, right. And so then the main character slugged him. <laughs> and so then I was like, all right, okay. So the main character isn't a total, like, a, just like a total washout, you know, right, shonen exactly. stereotype. Yeah. It's like, you he, know what, man? You're right. You were right to hit him. Yeah, you're right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I'm still watching it and it's it 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 does its job well as a sports anime. So, if you just love your typical sports anime, then, you know, why not check it out? Nope, fair enough. <laughs> Kids, yep. don't be fooled. Sometimes violence can solve problems. The kid came by and apologized, the punk kid. At the end oh, of the episode. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, he apologized. He he came over to the mom's house and apologized directly to the mom. Listen, let let it be known. Violence does solve some problems. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the lesson I want you to take away from this podcast episode. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about The Executioner and Her Way of Life, which uh, was a super oddball series. Um, and, like, Dude, boy. this show did not go anywhere I was expecting. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I I remember reading the synopsis of this and being like, yeah. okay, we have to watch this. Um, yeah. And I remember watching the first episode and being like, oh, I wonder if all that stuff was was like was like still true. They do pretty effectively like bait and switch you with the with the opening. They do. Like, oh, it's, it's, really uh, it's good. an isekai show. Oh, I got a I got a cool power. Like, okay, you know, maybe he'll be put to use in the um uh in the assassination organization or whatever. And then she just fucking ices him. Dude, it it it, it was set raw it up as hell. So well, like it, it introduced this guy character who looks like he could be the protagonist of an isekai, right? Of and course. he's so stoked to be in the isek to be in another world because he knows the whole the whole shtick, right? He knows the isekai shtick. Um, and he like it starts off with him kind of getting a raw deal because no one is interested in him, even though he's an isekai protagonist. And he's like, "What the heck? I should be the hero, right?" And then the main uh, the main female lead approaches him, and she's super cute, right? And she like kind of like approaches him, like she's a little bit, a little bit strict, a little bit, you know, bratty. I guess I don't know a better word for it, but um, she comes off like in that typical female lead where she 
knows everything about the world and she can kind of help the the uh the new isekai protagonist like kind of like fit in a little bit adjust and she offers him um her offers him help from the church that she works for or that she's she's a part of i should say um and so she says hey you know come to the church we'll we'll uh put you to work and he's like work and he and she's like yeah because people who don't work you know don't eat like that kind of situation right right exactly um so you the whole setup is there where you feel like he's gonna you know kind of like gradually get a handle of this world you know he's gonna do it under the guidance of this girl and the, and the rest of the church members or whatever she takes him to the church and you find out that he has a power and it's um and that's and that also lends into the isekai trope of like oh he he's special he has a cool power and the power is to nullify things essentially right and so you find out that the reason that the palace didn't want him was because they thought that he did, he he didn't have a power that his power was nothing but in fact his power was to make things into nothing right so they set up this whole like twist and then she kills him <laughs> Yeah, and While then she fucking eyes him in the most She kills him before yeah. yeah, before he can use his power against her, before he's even aware of what's happening, she comes up behind him and she kills him. She stabs him through the skull. Oh, it's it listen, this this show fucking rules because um here's the thing is that this show basically does this thing where it sets up uh pretty much every single isekai trope. Yes. And then it knocks them down like like bowling pins. And they're like, guess what, bitches? It's gay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You find you find the, the, the love interest is in the hands of the uh the the royalty at the castle, and basically she it's kind of implied that she was also isekai'd into this world-ish, and she has a power that they actually want, and so they keep her. You know, they don't throw her out like the, the guy. Yep. Uh, so yep. we will be watching this. Um, the animation is also really good. There's a fight scene in yeah. the first like yeah. episode, and it, it, it mm-hmm. pretty much rules. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to watching this one. Uh, looking forward to keeping it. It was a powerful first episode. It was yeah. a powerful <laughs> first episode, yeah. This is one of the two shows that we're watching this season that is streaming legally on High Dive, which is a website that exists again. Now that uh, Funimation <laughs> yeah. doesn't, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's the thing about Crunchyroll acquiring uh, Funimation and being the only anime streaming service is uh, now what you get is whatever they want to get. And sometimes <laughs> that's not everything you want to watch. So um, weirder <laughs> shows like this and um, your boy Kongming are... Um, yeah, boy! <laughs> are, are under the guys, um, are under the... Um, the protective wing of high dive so um <laughs> we've re-upped our subscription there but it doesn't matter because funimation doesn't exist anymore and so we're actually paying like less per month than we used to so i guess that's fine you can we're fill that like... up with uh japanese disney plus right oh god <laughs> please all right everybody it's, it's time to learn japanese speed run <laughs> Okay, um, well then, let's talk about uh, To Become a Real Heroine, The Unpopular Girl in the Secret Task, which um, is kind of a weird show. This is an anime about a girl uh, who goes to uh, kind of like Aoashi, right? She goes to Tokyo. She's like one of those like rural girls that goes to Tokyo. Um, 
so that she could follow her dreams, whatever. And her dream is like track and field. She wants to do track and field, right? Mm. Um, and completely unrelated to all of this, she also needs money, right? Well, so related mm. to the fact that she came from a, a rural place and her family is uh, a big family and they don't have a lot of money, right? Um, mm -hmm. So she's trying to get a, a part-time job and uh, it is hard to get a part-time job when you don't have any work experience, which is mm -hmm. very relatable. <laughs> um, but uh, she applies for a job and uh -huh. it turns out that her two of her classmates are idols like they're male idols yes. they're an idol duo group um, yes and <laughs> and they hate each other uh <laughs> i'm laughing because and, they're such awful people <laughs> and they're right so this is this is the thing is that um so she's basically hired to manage them while they're at yeah. school and you can immediately tell that the trajectory of this is that they're both going to fall in love with her and I don't give a shit about that at all because um, <laughs> I like the main character and I like her her uh, girlfriends. Like I like her friends. Yeah, that, all the that female characters. Yeah, <laughs> I love their character designs. They're very cute. Uh, uh -huh. The boys are such nothings. They're they're like they're <laughs> terrible. They're unlikable. They hate each other and they're constantly bickering. And it's like the <gasps> ideal end state of this anime would be that um, she gets to do track and field and like finds great success and these two boys like i don't know resolve their differences and kiss or something right <laughs> it's like that would be the ideal end state for this for this anime but like i that know one. that's not where it's going to go <laughs> it's going to become one of those like no you belong with me no you belong with me he sucks yeah. no stop don't listen to him you belong with me love right? angle <laughs> and because she's like she's like an unpopular girl you know she's um kind of like presented in this way where she's got these like big bushy eyebrows and her hair is like all floofy and not evenly cut i think she looks really cute she's but, cute yeah like yeah these these boys suck i don't they like suck. either of them and I like you them. can <laughs> and like this is the thing right is that um it they're just like so bracingly unlikable not in like a not in like a they're terrible people necessarily way but just in like a I just don't like you way to the point where like I don't want to go through the emotional like work it would take yes, to watch them exactly. become better people. I just don't right. care. Right, exactly. That's which totally is, it. Which is funny because like the the show is like okay, right? I just like yeah. I just see the trajectory of it and I have I like want no part of it. But like if that premise interests you, then I I would say go for it, right? It's like a pretty well animated show. <laughs> Uh, the <gasps> character designs for the girls are all cute. I don't know what they were thinking with the boys. They look so weird. They look so bad. The haircuts oh, they are look so bizarre. awful. <laughs> yeah, not, One not guy a, in particular, we were making fun of his hair the whole, haircut the whole time. He looks like Lauren's fire emblem. Like his, but just his haircut. And it's like so like out there. I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't work for him and uh, no. I don't know. like he's meant to be this like sex symbol but like i, I don't know <laughs> i don't know like i guess if you're famous you can make anything kind of work but like <laughs> no get a better haircut all right anyway um dance dance danceur which is a anime about ballet uh, specifically mm -hmm. about male ballet. Um, this show was surprisingly good. Um, I wasn't 
I wasn't really sure how I would feel about this show because, mm. you know, we it, it's a sports anime, right? And we've mm-hmm. watched a couple of sports anime in a vaguely similar vein. Like, we watched that gymnastics anime. We watched, actually watched a couple of gymnastics animes. Um, <laughs> and, it, and every single time you get the same thing where I was just like, oh, but boys don't do that, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I will say I think I like the way that it's handled here. Um, the fact that you get a male ballet dancer um, who is, like, the person who, like, inspires the main character. And... I love the thing that I love the most is that they are like extremely masculine, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't a case where you have like um ballet boys and they're all like pretty boy twinks, right? It's like you watch this entire ass man come out in like his tutu or whatever, right? And he <laughs> he has like he looks like a fucking bleach character. <laughs> like, like straight up like he's got he's got like facial hair and like you know, hair uh, like messy, fucking all he over also the place. Have tattoos hair that, that <laughs> covers his eyes. He looks like fucking Chad uh-huh. from from Bleach. <laughs> and you know what? The ballet sequences are animated super well. They're really pretty. They're really good. And and I, you know what? I I will say this. I also kind of like that part of the reason um part of the motivation for um him uh becoming a uh like a jujitsu person instead of like a, a ballet person to begin with um i like the fact that it was so intertwined with his family like it's his dad was totally on board with with like getting him to go to ballet and like um yeah and that stuff and i thought that was really cool actually well, he, you know? he, he no he got he had to be won over do you remember he at first was like kind of eh about it, but right, then when he right. saw how happy his son exactly was right. doing ballet, he he got won over by it. It was so cute. Which is it was so funny because like it was yeah. it's like sorry, what was that? A wholesome family dynamic, like parents <laughs> listening to their children and like encouraging their interests. What what am I watching? Right. Um, but oh also, um, mm-hmm. and this is absolutely bonkers. Um, so he was mm-hmm. a, uh, so his dad was a, uh, like a martial arts coordinator for movies, which is like a really cool thing, right? Yeah, he was um, like a stunt director. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, so he goes, uh, he lets his son do like ballet and then he gets a little bit of trauma when he goes to ballet and his friends are like, oh gross, ballet, that's for girls or whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. they're just like shitty boys. Um, mm-hmm. And then his fucking dad dies the next day. <laughs> Yeah, horrifying. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, yeah, like, you, you kind of get it. It, it, it. Yes, like, the lasting scars of, you know, male societal uh, expectation, but it's also intertwined with, like, his family and his family legacy and, like, wanting to follow in his dad's footsteps uh, and finding out that that's not necessarily, like, you know, what he wants to pursue and he wants to do ballet, like, it's something that draws him. Um, all of that kind of stuff. I actually think is really a really great setup. I was surprised at mm-hmm. how like adept the setup was for this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I've actually been watching more of it since we okay. started it. Um, and it it it's definitely like like the reason I really like it is because it's very it it draws out that element of I I guess like shoujo um right series, yeah like, yeah uh, uh like like it's kind of riveting in that way um but it's also it has a nostalgic feeling because of that 
Um, but yeah, it it I would say that it very at least for the main character so far, you don't really the 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 two other uh main I guess leads or whatever they're they're still their motivations are still a bit more mysterious. Um, but for the main character, it, it's so compelling being able to very clearly see his motivations and then the actions that result from that. But then also like. Like, he is very realistically flip-flopping between how much he loves ballet and how much he doesn't want to disappoint his family and, uh, you know, his his, his uh, memory to his father, essentially. Um, so uh, the way that they resolve that, I think, is interesting. Um, and uh, it's left me kind of just, like, wanting to learn more about the characters and then also wanting to watch more of the really, really pretty ballet sequences. And they also, um, they have like little bits here and there where they show how he's doing ballet wrong. And then they'll very obviously show ways of, of how the teacher is like correcting him. And like, I love that it's not just like a, like you could substitute the ballet in for like a different kind of sport type right. of situation, right? Right, they're, yeah. They're very exclusively it's very showing you- Right, the spirit of ballet and and the technique of ballet, you know. So yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was I was shocked at how much I like this, considering I'm yeah. not usually much of a sports anime person. I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I, I I've talked about this before. I like the themes of sports anime a lot, but a lot mm-hmm. of times they're just very formulaic, and I yeah. I find myself getting bored. It's not my comfort genre by any means. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is definitely not formulaic to sports anime, which um, is nice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me about Gunjo no Fanfare? Speaking of sports so this one... anime, question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It's sports because it's about horse jockeying. Sorry, but wait, it's wait, wait. A strange one. Hold on, um, I'm. I'm hold on. I'm reading. I'm reading these the notes that you've left here, and it says that the composer for this series is Hiroyuki Sawano. Yes. Why yes, the music be slapping? Oh my god! It's like, it's like why? Wait, that's that's actually so funny. It's not his usual work, obviously, because it's it's like horse jockeying, right? And so you get to see like a more. I mean, not that he doesn't do this kind of music, but it's like a more. I guess pastoral i guess kind of like okay low energy music like paired with a little bit more uh upbeat tempo when they're racing and stuff like that or when something exciting is happening I... but <laughs> yeah but for the most part when you think of hiroyuki sawano you think of like like going hard on the action scenes or whatever right yeah, I, like, I was you know, gonna like say, building hype it would be so <laughs> funny to me if i was watching yeah. like some random yeah. horse jockey anime and yes. all of a sudden there was a sawano drop just like right. there's no there's no but there's no like trademark drop right (laughs) right in that sense right it's just it's just you you, you're watching and you're like the music's pretty good and then you later on you you look at the comments or you look at the composer and you're like wait a minute (laughs) oh that's so funny you know what i bet it is i bet that this i bet that this series has a lot of money right because so so okay here's the thing is um I think they have a lot of money, but not necessarily a lot of, like, talent, right? Because I don't know anything about mm. this show. But uh, if, I had to, if I had to guess, mm. I would say that the animation is all right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but here's the thing, right? Is that, like, um, Hiroyuki Sawano is, like, a really famous composer. Uh, yeah. Like, a really famous anime composer at this, at this yeah. point. And 
I'm sure it must cost quite a bit of money to ask him to make music for you. Um, sure. So horse jockeying, like horse racing in Japan is huge. It's also owned oh. by the Yakuza. <laughs> so so this is this is this is actually a very like weird funny kind of fun fact which is uh. um cuz I saw that you mentioned Uma Musume here, right? Um yeah. so people are nervous in Japan about um about Uma Musume specifically around like writing uh, erotic Uma Musume doujin, right? Because Why? they're based off real racehorses and real racehorses are owned by the mob. <laughs> so so it is um, like that's not to say that they don't exist but like sure. um but I you know what I can tell you straight up actually um for a for a uh for uh was it for a f- uh, franchise right for a uh. property that is as big as actually uh. fucking ginormous as Uma Musume is um there is not a lot of erotic doujin that not, not that I've gone ma- looking, you know, but like, like, you know, you're in the space long enough, you get an eye for these kinds of things. Um, that's so fascinating. <laughs> I had no idea, and it's so amazing to see where the internet draws the line. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I mean the, the internet draws the line where the yakuza can like dox and kidnap you, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, you think you, you like people are always like, ooh, ooh, ooh rule thirty four, whatever, whatever. Like you know the the. You, the internet acts like it has no boundaries. There's the boundary. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure if you're a Western artist, the yakuza are not going to pursue you for drawing sure. porn of their of their precious racehorses. <laughs> but like, like that's that's the thing, right? Is that like, um, it is like abnormal, uh, for as far mm. as a franchise goes, and I think that is so funny. Anyway, wow. Um, so that's that's my pet theory. That's my conspiracy theory. Uh, is that they got they got yakuza money to hire Hiroyuki Sawano. <laughs> You know, that, (laughs) Uh, now, now things are starting to fall into place, I guess, as to why, because the anime is just not substantial, like, whatsoever, right? The premise is Uh that, okay, first of all, the premise doesn't make much sense to me, is that this guy who is an idol, he's a popular idol as a part of this group, right? This boy group. He leaves idoldom to become a horse jockey why um, <laughs> that's the, that, but, right but everyone why? in the whole anime is asking what are you doing here <laughs> his own group it feels like feels betrayed obviously i would too i'd be like yeah. you left to do what <laughs> his school his school's like what is this kid doing and the even though the horse jockey club is like what are you doing here go away <laughs> but he loves he loves it and holy he's, shit he's kind of like afraid to like talk about it more openly because of all the hate that he's getting but then he, he eventually like plucks up the courage to basically state like how passionate he is about it they resolve a little crisis where the horses manage to escape from from their stalls, and so while they're like running around trying to gather all these horses, he meets his like, I guess quote unquote rival. You know, like how in the Dance Dance and Sewer anime, was there like a silver haired guy, and you, you get the sense like, oh, this is the, the rival or the guy that the main character is inspired by. So there is there is a character 
equivalent to that in this anime as well. The thing is, is that he like the way that he presents himself he's like he's kind of like a natural at being a horse jockey in a sense like he has a connection with the horses he's kind of like a bit of a horse whisperer kind of deal right right of course and the thing is is that the scene towards the end of the first episode where um as the main character is kind of like starting to be like who is this guy he's kind of captivating he like the main character, I, I can't. He he's like just he's like getting off of the horse or whatever. The this quote unquote rival character catches him bridal style, and what? then all of a sudden these pink flower petals like whoosh out what? and just surround them like, <laughs> like in the middle of a show jump Oh my god! <laughs> it's and that's why I'm just over here like. This isn't going to be a BL, but this moment right here but is my god! Are you, are you teasing? Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's so funny! Oh my god, it's it it's definitely not gonna be something that I want to watch anymore of because it's just very not interesting. Yeah, I can't imagine like... it's any good at all. <laughs> but they've teased the BL moment. It's just so funny. Jesus! If it wow. ends up being a BL, I'll wait. I'll wait for the reviews to come out that aren't on okay, this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to be like, is this a BL or not? <laughs> Do they kiss? Yes or no? God, we should. That's, that, all that, it. That's it. We should start uh, an anime. Do they kiss? Um, <laughs> the website that's just like, all right. So, do these two characters kiss in this anime? No. Okay. No. Cool. There, there should also be like an option between yes or no. That's like they might as well have. <laughs> they might as well have, yeah. Like Sabi Bisco, they might as well have kissed. Yeah, yeah. Like, bro, they they touched hands while firing a bow together. That's pretty much having sex. He said, "I steru." He said, "I steru." <laughs> you don't just say that. You don't just say that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, cool. Uh, let's talk about "Don't Hurt Me, My Healer," which is a gag comedy uh, anime about a uh, really incompetent healer and a pretty mm. a pretty average normal um, fighter slash tank man. Um, <laughs> this show was like excruciatingly boring. <laughs> it was not funny at all. I don't. I don't know. Wh- I don't know what about it was so like not there but like it just wasn't it felt just, like it felt so yeah. flat you know i i it, it gave me the sense of like maybe this wasn't something that they either adapted well from the manga or that wasn't something that could be captured very well from the manga um like to me yeah, it think... feels like a, a like it could be like a light humor like yonkoma or something like that you know um, yeah yeah I think you're but right. But it's, it's like filled out to be an anime, and so then therefore the pacing drags, and it's super boring. <laughs> you know what? I I I think you're right. If this is a if this was adapted from a yonkoma, it would make so much sense mm. because the jokes are pretty much like that, except for some reason in the anime they're just like dragged out for way too long. Mm-hmm. Like there is a joke where uh, the punch it's like uh, the punchline is like. Oh no, we we beat you up so badly your face has become Im- imp- like permanently uglified, right? And yeah. the, and of course the joke is that he's he, he, his face is fine, right? He just looks like that, mm-hmm. right? And they they drag this joke on for like a couple minutes. Yeah. And like 
like it just doesn't work when you drag it out that long, right? Yeah. Like, the thing about comedic timing is that you know a lot of times it has to be pretty snappy, especially for yes. um for Japanese comedy, right? Japanese comedy is very mm. reaction based, and it's mm. um the idea of the the um the tsukomi and the bokeh, uh the idea of like you know the straight man and the funny man. Uh, and this kind of like um you know the manzai like routine right like that's like that's like japanese humor in a nutshell is like a lot of times it's characters reacting to things in an exaggerated way right mm. um but it requires the timing to be pretty snappy to like get mm-hmm. in there when like you're also feeling really similarly right the humor comes from somebody highlighting what you're thinking and what you're feeling uh, and putting it into words right mhm um, and that doesn't work if you drag it out. So mm-hmm. uh, this show doesn't work. Uh, maybe the maybe mm-hmm. the manga is like better, right? Maybe the maybe the um, if it is a yonkoma, then that would make way more sense. Um, mm. But as it stands, like it's it's like a full length episode, and not a lot happens in every episode, and it's not that funny along the way, and like mm-hmm. none of the jokes land, and it's like painful. It's painful to watch. I don't want to watch any more of this. Yeah, I barely wanted to watch it. any more of it halfway through the episode. <laughs> I was already Suffer. done. I was like, "Oh my god, this is a full length episode." No, suffer. <laughs> I did suffer. All right. <laughs> Speaking of suffering, or rather, should I say, the lack of suffering? Uh, ya boy Konging. <laughs> oh baby, this anime is Bro. great. Bro, I like. I went into this fully expecting like a super low budget like. You know, like, it's just a gag anime, like, with a funny premise, like, mm-hmm. like bringing, bringing your boy Kong Ming from the Three Kingdoms era the into thro- the modern day The Three day Kingdoms, Jugeliang, and he's just yeah. here in the modern era. Right. From, from China to Japan. <laughs> of course. Um... And 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 that was that was all I all I expected, and yet this anime is actually super competent. Like, like yeah, way, I would agree. Way more than I would have ever dreamed of for this type of premise. Um, like they they have <laughs> like the animation is is fine. It's not like spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have yeah. um, it's they it's clearly competent all the way through, and they have. Some moments where they like kind of ramp up the animation um, for the like mm-hmm. the Sakuga moments, especially when like she's performing, and mm-hmm. um, the music is actually really good. You know what? I didn't know this before getting into the anime, and I actually didn't even um, immediately recognize her voice. But I was I was thinking about it, and I was just like, I kind of recognize this voice. Why do I? Why does it sound familiar? And it's because it's sung by my actual favorite Utaite. <laughs> um, oh my god, really? Uh, yeah, her name is. Uh, I mentioned it to you guys uh, while we were watching, but her name is Kyu Roku Neko. Um, oh right, right, she's right. She's also right. known as Kuro Neko. Yeah, so sh- her name is written as Nine Six Neko, um, and she sings all of Eiko's songs, and also uh, I think also the intro and ending, which are um, both covers of like older. Like uh, the ending, at least is is a cover of a mid uh, early two thousands uh, Japanese pop song that was really popular. Oh, back then. okay, I didn't know um, that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she does all of the songs, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love her. Wow, that's really neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the fact that they released all of the songs on on YouTube for everyone to listen to. Oh, so good. <laughs> 
Wow, that that's delightful. I yeah. yeah. I mean, these Yeah. Honestly, I I wasn't um I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be pretty funny, right? Pretty entertaining. Right. But right. like it's actually like really good all around. Like Yeah. I would say that no particular aspect other than the music like stands out as being like singularly like exceeding excellent. Right, 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 but right. But it it is like very solid on all sides, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Um and it's um, uh, it plays it plays the jokes pretty pretty well. It plays the more serious things pretty well, and mm. I think the central gag of like the fact that he's just you know Zhuge Liang from the Three Kingdoms, like in mm-hmm. in actual real life, and he's here now mm-hmm. to make somebody mm-hmm. a big pop idol. Is it's actually it's so funny because the first time he's like, hmm, you know, because like they do this thing where they foreshadow what is going to happen in the episode <laughs> by telling you a story from the Three Kingdoms. Yes! <laughs> so they're like, they tell ah, you like- yes, this reminds me of, of the, the, the mirror maze labyrinth or whatever, right? Yes. And, and then you're like, oh, that, that's, that's a pretty funny thing to bring up. And then later in the episode, there you go, he's doing it. He's literally <laughs> doing it in real life, in modern-day Tokyo. <laughs> because they set it up so brilliantly, too, because... They show in the first episode, they give like you a little like a little little primer on the Three Kingdoms era to basically give you some background as to where your boy is coming from. But then because they kind of like continue it in the later episode, you're like, oh, okay, they're just telling us more about his background. But no, they're actually just telling you about the strategy that he used so that when it comes up again, you have the background knowledge right, like, as to oh. what he's doing. <laughs> ah, he's, he's doing it. He's doing that thing. He's doing so, the stone maze labyrinth from the Three so, Kingdoms. Yeah, so if you, if you like the Three Kingdoms and you're totally on board with <laughs> having this man's, you know be teleported into modern day Japan just for kicks. It's just it's just so delightful to watch. <laughs> this this is such a delightful show. And I promise we won't talk about it too much more because I do want to save yeah. some for for the um the wrap yeah. up and we will yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we will be watching this all the way through. We'll be watching um, more of it. <laughs> but I think there is something to be said um because there is a like there is an undercurrent that runs throughout the whole show that feels very like um I don't know. For lack of a better word, it feels very interesting. Um, it reminds me a lot yeah. of when we were watching um, uh, Reincarnated as a Slime. But just, like, the idea of, like, somebody coming from a really famous period of war coming into the modern sort of, like, peaceful era and, like, g- it giving them some kind of perspective. Um, mm-hmm. There's something about that that, like, weirdly kind of hits different. Right. The fact that he's like, um, you know, back in back in my time, like all I knew was war. And mm. uh, if only if only I had like all those men were ready to die for our cause. And if only I had spent like any amount of time like um, hanging out with them. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that part where he was saying, yeah, that that one of the soldiers asked him to like come dr- join them for drinks, but he was so caught up in like you know coming up with plans to like you know you know do the war stuff you know because <laughs> he's a strategist um he turned him down and then you know those people were were all people that he would never see again because it's it's the middle of wartime so um i love that they kind of like give those little character moments for this guy who is like otherwise you know he's he's like he's, a historical uh, figure right it it'd be like you're talking to like einstein or or some someone who's just like this 
like huge historic like like historically significant figure, you kind of forget that they're people too. Um, so I like that they they tried to help like personalize them, you know. Yeah, yeah, they do give them some interior uh, interiority, and I think that's really neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, we will be watching more of this, and you can hear more of our thoughts um at the end of the season. Uh, let's mm-hmm. talk about. Birdie Wing Gold Girl Story. Um, absolutely, <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this anime? So uh, if you if you wanna just just have a kick, right? Just uh-huh. watch a single episode. Yeah, yeah. Of this anime, so it will feel forever long. But just watch. <laughs> yeah. So we only watched one episode of this show. Yes, and it felt like I watched three episodes of a show. But not in, like, a bad way. It was just, like, at the end of the episode, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Right? (laughs) Like, so much happens so fast, but in a way that isn't, like, too fast. It's, like, the right amount of too fast, right? That's a (laughs) a weird way of putting it. But, like, this, okay. So this show is about somebody who plays golf for money. And not like a yes. professional golfer, like somebody who, like, she's like a, a golf mercenary, right? <laughs> she does golf <laughs> for money under the table, right? Whether yeah. it's pretending to be someone in, like, fucking, like, Asian Twilight <laughs> Spy X family level, like, wearing a, a mask, uh, a, like a perfectly molded fake mask bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Um... So she plays golf for money, like she's a golf mercenary, and she encounters a- another girl who is uh, who is a golf fucking maniac. She loves golf. She's obsessed with golf, and they play a game of golf together. And that's where the that's where the first episode ends. There's so much stuff that happens in the first episode that I can't even summarize all of it for you here. Um, this show is so weird because it's like. It's all over the place. It nothing in it feels consistent and it's it's kind of incredible. Like they're in some like fake European country that's like sort of like Portugal. Um the main character is like trying to keep a like bar orphanage open <laughs> with her, with her <laughs> golf her mercenary golf money. Um uh-huh. like it it feels very international in a weird way. It, it's like a Shinichiro Watanabe project, but it's not a project helmed by Shinichiro Watanabe. It's like if you right, took... we don't we have no idea like geographically where these people are. By okay. the way, like... so like if I had to if I had to describe it in like one yeah. sentence, imagine yeah. if Shinichiro Watanabe directed Megalobox but made it about girls playing golf. <laughs> that's what that's what this show is, and that's why it's so confusing and like. The animation of this show isn't even consistent, which is hilarious. Like, I don't mean that in, like, <laughs> oh, some, sometimes it's, like, choppy. Sometimes it's, like, bad. No, I mean, like, the anime is fine. The animation is fine, but sometimes it pulls out the most bonkers sequences. There is, a there is like, um, like w- one of the characters, um, the golf mercenary, when she, like, tees up and does her golf swing, it, like... They, like, bring the black borders at the top and bottom of the screen in, like, it's a movie. And it basically is this, like, fucking Bakemonogatari-esque, like, sequence where she's hitting this goddamn, like, golf ball and, like, saying some shit, like, mm, blue driver, right? Oh, yeah! <laughs> I... Oh, my God. You have to, you have to, we gotta talk about the stunts that she pulled as well. Like... Oh, yeah! <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> One time she does this blue driver move, I, I believe, and she like like shoots it like through a tree. Not like yes, not like yes. around a tree. But like she busts like the golf ball busts through a branch of the tree and then lands exactly where she wants it, right? So yeah, so literally, um they're they're playing golf together and like she's like uh, uh they're like they're playing golf together and they're like um oh um there's no way you'll get past this tree and earlier yeah. you see that she was like practicing driving golf balls into a tree trunk and you're like well, yes. that's kind of weird isn't it right yeah um and like the thing is she literally drives it through the tree branch it fucking breaks and they all do that fucking yes. anime thing where they're like <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> I don't know. This okay. this show is that's, that's not even like 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 the peak. Okay, later on in this episode, she's having this match at nighttime with these people, and there's like a train yard nearby. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and the, like the the hole or is is on the other side of these tracks, right? And there's a train actively passing through on these tracks so what does your girl do she of course shoots the golf ball between the train carriages and it lands where she wants it (laughs) yep (laughs) so uh if you want an a completely out there golf girl anime Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the end game of this is that they is that the, the two golf girls should kiss. They won't, but she should. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess watch this. I don't know. I think we have to watch more of this just to know what the fuck <laughs> is going on. It's it, it it's also like so tonally like it, like not only does the setting and and the characters not only do they all jump around a whole lot, but tonally it jumps around a lot too. Yes. Like, yep. Um. The there was that time when like when like you were saying when she was driving the golf ball into the tree trunk and she just starts like reminiscing randomly like I don't know if they led up to it at all but like she just goes into this like think sequence where she is just like I guess like running through her emotions but it it isn't presented in that way it's presented like uh if you've ever been to karaoke and you watch the videos that they're playing as the words are oh, like scrolling across the yeah, screen yeah you're right yeah it's it, it, no no i remember i yeah. remember exactly yeah. exactly what we said when we were watching that it yeah. felt like the bakamitai sequence from yakuza yes. yes 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 because it's it's just her in these sequences there's no one else except for like maybe one of the scenes but it's just her like staring wistfully into the distance in various parts of this city. And so sometimes she's like standing against a building looking to the side. Sometimes she's like leaning against a little stone wall looking off into like the horizon. And it's just like, it just fades between these sequences. And then there was one where it like, it had her with the kids, the orphan kids or whatever. And it's like, okay, well there's, at least you're grounding it in, in something like that, right? If you had just shown a bunch of sequences where it's like her with the kids or like her working hard or something like that, like to show what she's actually thinking about. But instead of showing that stuff, it just shows her in different places thinking. and she, But she's thinking about her thinking. <laughs> yeah, this show is super weird. <laughs> 
it's it's quite a trip if um if you want that out of your golf anime. Yeah, I mean, if you want a golf anime, it, like this isn't even. It, it feels like the golf is tangential to the story. It is. We were just saying the whole time, like this wasn't initially about golf. This was about okay, yes, her, like yes. being a murderer or something like that, like a it, hired hand to kill people. It, it literally feels like she was like this was a series that was conceptualized as her being like a hired killer, and yes. then for some reason, at some point in production transformed into being about golf they're like, like you have to make it about golf person, why right they, they wouldn't let them make it be about like her being an assassin and so they just and so they were like the the studio or whatever was like you have to make it about golf this is what the investors are paying for right so it's they like, were like it's okay like we're well, being paid by script. the golf association <laughs> yeah i'll take my script and sub out all of the shooty parts with golf <laughs> Like when she's shooting the the ball into the tree trunk, it felt like she was doing target practice. Like that was the right. moment where she was shooting <laughs> right. cans off of a fence. I think we're like this close to watching somebody die by golf. I think I feel like <laughs> by the time this show is over, somebody will get killed at the hands of golf. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, um, let's talk about Healer Girl, which is a. Yeah. Weird multimedia musical kind of anime, um, which is the okay. So this it's a it's about a world in which singing, um, can heal wounds. So it's like a practiced yeah. medicine, like mm-hmm. like applying drugs to people, right? <laughs> like prescribing drugs to people. It's like a an actual medical practice, and you have to like mm-hmm. you know become. You have to go to like you know school uh, or like um, you've. I, I guess it's like more like a mentorship, right? And yeah, you kind of yeah. learn uh, how to how to do the healing stuff, right? Mm. And it's about these girls, uh, and each of them has their kind of own personality. One of them is extremely gay, um, and it's about them navigating that. And um, this show is like really bizarre because it's a musical, kind of. Yes. Yes. Um. But the music is like okay. There's a lot of it. Which There's a lot of it. It's a lot of us. unique music yeah. too. I like what yeah, I, what yeah, I would yeah. say about the music is that it it's like it's like musical music, right? It feels like a musical, right? Like a mm. like a Western musical. Um, and that that kind of music has, uh, I will say, never necessarily been my cup of tea exactly. Mm. Um, but that is the vibe it gives, and it it is an interesting premise, and the animation is good. And I like the character designs. So will I continue watching this? I have no idea. Is <laughs> yeah, where I'm, I'm at. Not, I'm not like I, I like the I guess the premise, the setup that it, it is about these healing girls, and I do think it's cute that it's kind of set up a bit like a musical. I just um I haven't found anything in the story yet that's like grabbed me because it's I yeah mean, yeah the first that's episode kind of how was I'm just at. about yeah right the first episode was just about introducing the characters and showing that. They're like apprentices or whatever. They're, they're basically like the equivalent of med students, I guess. They're not supposed to actually practice medicine on right. people because right. they're not licensed yet, you know? So, so yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That This feels like one of those, those shows that you just like have to listen to this synopsis and then be like, what the fuck? And then watch an episode to see how you actually feel about it. Like, I don't, right. I don't know if there's anything I could say to like, adequately explain what watching this show was like um 
Yeah, I think you'll have to go see for yourself on that one. Uh, so, why don't you tell me about RPG Hudo-san? Okay, so, granted, I should have known this just from you, seeing Okay, yeah, I, I'm looking at your notes, and you should have known this. Okay. I, sh- sh- <laughs> I was still holding out for the premise, because the premise is that it is about real estate in a fantasy, you know, RPG land. And uh-huh. I was like, I I like that, actually. Uh-huh. I would love to hear how they make up the rules above real estate, but in RPG, like, in in, an, in a fantasy flavor, right? Like, like, do they take, like, the actual rules of real estate? Will they teach us a bit about that, but with the fantasy twist, right? Because to make, to make it, I don't know, interesting, uh-huh. I guess. Um. But I was already interested based on that because I'm a boring person. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't say that, Renu. Because 100%, I am on board with you that that sounds fascinating. In fact, okay. I would go as far as to say that that is shit that I fucking love. Okay, I, I right. love okay. I love shows that are about like mundane things happening in outlandish settings. Okay. Sure. Yes. Okay. All right. So. We're clear on the fact that the, at least the synopsis sounded interesting. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the character designs themselves, right? Art style and whatnot aside, like the character designs and the town that they show in the, that are in the show are cute, right? The, like the, the backgrounds are like full, like they're not like just blase, like phone it in or whatever. Like, like the setting looks cute, and it looks like they put effort into making the locations because. They are visiting different real estate locations to uh, present to their clients, right? Uh-huh. Um, however, it is very clear that the draw of this show is not real estate. <laughs> 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 and you could tell from the art style. I just, w- I just, in my heart of hearts, wish that it was less of an emphasis, right? It was less about this, th- right? This, yeah. m- it was about the real estate and not about this. And when I'm talking about this, it is referring to Moe. <laughs> to Moe, of course. <laughs> yes. Look you at can this. Tell again from the art style. It's it's about Moe because it's drawn in that Moe style, right? It's just it just so one hundred percent. I looked at this show. I read the yes. synopsis and I was like, "That sounds yes. fascinating." I I yes. saw the poster and I I'm pretty sure yes. we watched the the preview, and yeah. I concluded immediately. I was like, "Oh, this yeah. is not about real estate." I know, and I I still wanted to just give it a shot. I wanted to give it this one little chance. However, However. <laughs> it let me down exactly as predicted. Right, um, in the first episode. The the main character is like small town girl moving to the big city. So she has really unrealistic expectations about what kind of living situation she will be able to get based on her budget, right? She has like like a $300 budget or $300 or 300 currency whatever fantasy currency they have budget. Right. And she wants like a cute little cottage, essentially, like all to herself. It's adorable. Yeah, all this, all this and that. And the the head, of, or I guess the the team lead in the real estate office is just like, "Huh, you got jokes. <laughs> You're in the city, little girl." Oh yeah. Um, and uh, the problem is that when she gets to this real estate office and she's like, 
trying to essentially like talk to these people at the office. There's this one little Moe Blob character whom they are trying to put pants on because she just insists on running around in her underwear because <laughs> oh, that's what Moe Blob characters do. Oh, and good. you know what? They finally, eventually... Oh, no, I'm missing. Okay. okay. So while while they're trying to put pants on this girl, she's like, you know what? I hate pants because they limit my tail. And she's she's basically like a half, I, I, I guess like, part dragon or, or something like that. Okay. Like she has a she has a large tail, right? Um she she hates that pants limit her tail. And she's like, you know what? You should join me and and be free. No pants. And so she pantses Oh my God. The head real estate lady. Oh my God. <laughs> so there is a real estate Moe lady in in just her underwear as well. And uh you know they have the little comedic like scream or whatever, and then and, and then after after that they cut to everyone wearing clothes, um, and then they finally get to the real estate where they show the main character where she might be able to stay. Of course, it's in the same building as as the Moe Blob Tail No Clothes for Me girl. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, they do have one part of the episode where they have this lady who's a client who comes by and she wants a place and she is clearly someone of prestige and so they keep showing her all these like rich bougie places but then the main character realizes that uh this lady isn't really looking for that kind of thing she kind of she seems like she wants like something a little more rural and so she shows her this cottage type area that's like full of like these kinds of flowers that she noticed the 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 lady liked, and the lady's like, "Oh my gosh, this is perfect!" And the office is like, "How do you know that she liked that?" And then the character's like, "Oh, I saw that she liked these flowers." And then that's the the resolution of the case. Uh-huh. And then, and then it comes to the real the substance of the episode, Sufi, okay. where she okay. she is she just she she's with the Moe Blob Tail girl. And they're they're taking a bath together. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> they're just they're just naked, and they just come. This like bubbles just are just barely covering them. You know, they're just they're just they're bathing, and you just you you basically see everything, but you, you see, <laughs> but it's it's censored enough that they can get away with it and put it on TV. And then later on, the other two girls in the office, right? There's 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 four girls, including the main character, right? Mm-hmm. The other two girls, the head office lady, and then the other girl who's like, I guess like a, a warrior, but now she works at the real estate office. The other two girls are cuddling in bed. End of episode. That's it. Wow. <laughs> you know what? This is incredible. I knew it was going to be like one of these Moe Blob, like Moe Nothing shows. Yes. And it was somehow yes. even worse than I thought. <laughs> that's impressive. That That's yeah, um, incredible. It's, you know, this wasn't for me and i don't think it's for you but it probably isn't it's targeting an audience and if you are part of that audience then this is for you see <laughs> this all. is this is the thing right is that like i i definitely think that there is a place for like moe blob do nothing shows <laughs> um but it is always a little disappointing when a a show that sounds like it could be about something potentially of of interest to you yeah. ends up not being about that thing really realistically at all, right? Like this yeah. is this is the thing, right? Is that a lot of um 
this is okay this is weird right because i think that almost almost one of the problems with um a lot of these shows about like you know x in a fantasy world um especially like more mundane stuff is that a mm. lot of it is about characters which isn't yeah. what the focus of the show promised right right and weirdly one of the one of the only rpg like fantasy shows that um made good on its premise of building an actual world and exploring that world's intricacies and topics it's is is the is the interspecies reviewers it's it's the one where they have <laughs> sex with fantasy well, you know creatures what? you know what another another one that i liked that they they took a modern day like concept and they put it somewhere else is heaven's design team okay that was they, that was they, good they too took yeah design and they put it in the context of god and creating animals and it's brilliantly done <laughs> um but yeah so that's um that's pretty funny uh to me personally the fact that um uh interspecies reviewers is still the bar for yeah. what? for <laughs> like shows that are about a setting like what Guys, come on! <laughs> this is where we are. This is yeah. This is this is where we are. It's like absolute schlock gets put out every season. <laughs> and I know we talked about how there's too much anime coming out, but like, I wish there was some middle ground sometimes <laughs> of just something that um, wasn't I quite think... this garbage. Uh, no, no, Birdie Wing is is the middle ground. You I, know? I, you know what? I think you're probably right about that. <laughs> I, I think that that's probably fair to say. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it sounds like it is not for either you nor I, but maybe <laughs> it's for you. And you know what? If it is, no shame whatsoever. No shame. Just know that you are part of a very large demographic to which a great many shows are already catered to, and there's probably something that does it better for you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> tbqh like there are vtubers out there now you don't even have to watch garbage anime <laughs> all right well uh i believe right. that that is uh all that we have for you today yeah okay yeah <laughs> we we got through quite a couple we watched a lot of shows um for yeah. this this particular sampler took a lot of work to get through um, <laughs> and we're only like a third of the way through the season instead of halfway through like last That's time. pretty good. So we're making good time. Yeah, I go think. team. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, uh, who are you and where can we find you on the internet? Hey, I am Swan, also known as Renny. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr and Twitch and all that at swandrawn. And lately, I have been working on convention art because it's, it's summer is yeah, here. it's convention it's season. Yeah, it's convention season, so I gotta prepare for that. And um, in the meantime, I've also been um, streaming the uh, Bloody Palace mode in Devil May Cry Five, which is basically their challenge mode where you have to uh, descend one hundred levels of fighting monsters in a, uh, all at the same time or else you if you die you start over <laughs> yeah um, Woo. so uh i've been doing that with uh uh taking an alcoholic drink every time my character gets hurt um, oh good jesus to, to, <laughs> so 
That's also the kind of thing that prolongs this challenge for like months. Okay, but I reached floor 73. Okay. Pretty good, All right? right? So you're getting there, you're getting there. <laughs> so if you want to check that out, I'll be uh, continuing that uh, this upcoming Friday. And I stream every Friday, so come by if you would like. All right. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Um, yeah. How about you? You can find me all the places at Literal Soup, and uh, every weekend we do some streams together. You and I do one yeah. on Saturday, and uh, I do one with my friends on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find that at twitch.tv slash literal soup. We have a good time there. And yeah, that's, uh, that's it for me. Ooh. So... Our opening is by Scott T Network, and our ending is by Takamakara. And the patrons we are thanking this episode are Evan Williams, <laughs> Magpie, Minutes, Claire, Frostfall, Sean Dow, Cherubel, and Dylan Boats. Thank you so much for your support. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we have our next episode lined up. Uh, we've got it. We got it in the in the chamber. Just got to be loaded and and all that all that Whoa. jazz. And Whoa. you've probably like a golf ball, <laughs> right? Like a golf ball <laughs> on the on the tee. Ready to be hit by a driver. <laughs> Blue driver. Blue driver. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so look forward to that. And we are going to be relatively on schedule for about a month. And then we're just going to be back to doing whatever the hell this is. Uh, maybe one day we'll streamline this, but it doesn't really matter to me, I suppose. <laughs> Well, on that note, I'm having fun. I'm having fun too, and that's all that matters. (laughs) All right, we will see you next time. See you next time. またしたね。